everyone, and welcome to the Tech Disruptors podcast. This is Eileen Siegel, Senior Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. I'm excited to have here today Tui Kordamach, the founder and CEO of Procore. Tui, thank you for being here. Eileen, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. So Procore sells construction management software to general contractors, specialty contractors, owners of buildings. And construction is one of the least digitized industries in the world, and Procore is doing its part to boost efficiency with its cloud-based software. It IPO'd in 2021, raising over $650 million in cash, and sales grew over 40% year-over-year in the latest quarter. Tell us how you got here. What is the origin story of Procore? Well, it's interesting. If any of your listeners have ever built anything before, I think they'll understand this. I actually grew up in construction, so I knew construction pretty well. I was running a uh, technology company in Silicon Valley unrelated to this space in the 90s. And uh, then I decided to bring my two passions together, technology and construction, while I was building a home. So again, anybody who's ever been through the construction process where you hire a contractor and they bring together all of the subcontractors and you know, you have all of the different vendors that everybody else associated with the project trying to come together to coordinate across a team that's never worked together before, not sharing the same systems. I just, I just came up with this idea that there's got to be a way that we can bring technology that allows everyone to connect on a platform and share the information. And, you know, the construction industry is so inefficient, as you said, and so under-digitized that, you know, it's been a long road. We've been doing this for 20 years, but we've, we're well on our way to, to connecting everybody in construction on a global plat- platform. Speaking of that platform, you sell a suite of software applications, over a dozen on your platform, such as for project management, bid management, workforce planning, and many of your customers use four or more of those applications. Is there one or two in particular that really get your foot in the door with these customers or the doorframe they're about to build? <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah. Well, project management is our flagship product. And think about the project management suite as a as the water cooler on the job site. It's where everybody can congregates to share the most current information to make sure that they're working off the right set of information and that everything is coordinated across all the different team members in a way that is efficient. And without that being at the very center of everything, it doesn't matter how well you do bid management and everything else. That's where all of that begins. So that is our flagship product. That's most of our customers run project management, and then they will adopt more and more of our products as, as they kind of come on to the platform. And then we also have 400 partners who build on top of our platform to extend the broader base of functionality so our customers can really meet the biggest challenges without ever having to leave Procore. Can you give us sort of a detailed real-world example of how a customer might use one of your applications and how it helps them? Yes. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about a change order. By the way, I should ask you, Eileen, have you ever yeah. remodeled a house, built a house, remodeled a bathroom? I have not. And actually, I have a question about how you might be able to lower the cost of housing and going you know, further in the interview, but yeah, let's stick with the okay. uh, change order management for right now. So, so the two most feared words by an owner in construction is change order, right? It's also, it's also where a lot of the complexity in construction gets illustrated very nicely. So I'm going to walk you through how this works. On a job site, generally a change order is going to start with a subcontractor or specialty contractor coming across something that is not in their scope of work that's stopping them from being able to move forward in their work. And so they will issue a preliminary change order 
that will go to the general contractor. So it's jumping different to a new entity, different business. The general contractor will review it. And they'll pass it up to the architect to get a revised set of drawings that will incorporate that. Then they'll bring it back down to themselves and they'll put together a pricing that they think that it's going to cost. Then they'll hand it to the owner. So jumping to yet another entity, and then the owner can approve or reject it. And then it goes downhill. So the, all of those jumping points, those approval points and the very complex workflow happens every single day on job sites. And lots of projects have hundreds, if not thousands of change orders. And that's just one of the complex workflows that happen in construction where we have things like RFIs and submittals and punch lists, things that all of those things have to jump to these different ent entities. And so it, it gives the opportunity for our customers to solve these complex workflows. And also because we have all these products, all, the, all of those products are part and parcel with the solution to, to connect these workflows. So you will benefit from subscribing to more than one of our products because the combination of multiple products will help you solve for the complexity of these workflows. Speaking of everything that your software can do, it's, you're not alone in the market. I wanted to talk about competition. Autodesk has spent over a billion dollars to acquire construction management software the last several years. Nemechek has its popular Bluebeam software for document and drawing markup management. Trimble, Bentley, and Oracle are also around. Who do you most keep your eye on and how do you differentiate yourself? So our biggest competitor is a status quo pen and paper. So still 50% of the people that we talk to every day are coming to us from analog solutions. And what, I, what that really means is that they're using Microsoft Office to manage their projects. They're using you know, Outlook, they're using Excel, and they're using Word docs. That is, and by the way, they're still using fax machines in a lot of cases. It's not, it's not the market that you would think it is in terms of a, a slugfest with competitors. And really what has set us apart is the fact that for 20 years, all we do is construction, right? We have hired so many people at Procore that come from construction, understand the needs of people in construction, and can deliver a valuable solution. We're not distracted by what all of those other companies you mentioned. They, those folks do, you know, a thousand different things. And frankly, I wonder how they do it. Like, it's hard enough to solve the needs of this large construction market, but having to solve the needs for all these other different verticals that these folks are in, it's just have it. I have a tremendous amount of respect for the work that they do. Now, one thing that also I think differentiates Procore is that you price your subscription contracts as a percentage fee of an estimated annual construction volume versus on a per seat basis, like many of your peers. This allows for unlimited users, which your customers like, right? Since there can be hundreds involved in a construction project, but does pricing by dollar volume make Procore vulnerable if there's a downturn in construction spending? I think, um, I know a lot of investors are wondering how might Procore fare through a more difficult construction spending environment given the increase in interest rates and potential recession. So here's the beauty of the construction market and why that, that notion is a little bit flawed. The construction market is huge. It's very diversified. It's not, everyone thinks that construction is their, the home that they live in and the office that they go to every day, but they don't think about the the ports and the bridges and the highways and the you know stadiums and the, everything else that's construction. So in an $11 trillion global construction economy, there is always sectors that are going, that are very hot. So what our customers do is that they run diversified portfolios. So where commercial office towers is a weak portion segment of the market, which is only a small segment of the market, our customers are gonna shift their portfolio to renewable energies, for instance, so they could benefit from the $1.2 trillion infrastructure act that just came out and or they're going to be building data centers, which are highly profitable. So 
our customers run a very diversified portfolio. We have a very diversified portfolio of customers from owners to GCs, to subs, enterprise, mid-market SMB in the US and in 11 countries. And so because of the diversification, we feel like we're very well insulated from any particular hits. The other thing that's interesting about construction is we always say that construction's too big to fail. The US government has two levers they can pull when they're trying to stimulate the economy. They can either write you a stimulus check or they can actually implement infrastructure projects. And the government loves to do during economic downturns, loves to pump money into the economy through infrastructure, which again, this $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill is part of. So there's just so much momentum behind everything that needs to get built all the time that we really don't think that's that's going to be a challenge and we haven't seen it. So to us, things have been, you know, the demand environment has been nothing but but great. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned public infrastructure because one thing I've been wondering is if Procore software might actually help lower costs for us, for people. The U.S. is 85% of your sales right now. Yep. It, has an, it has a housing affordability problem. Here in San Francisco, the city was about to pay $1.7 to build a single public toilet. Yes, <laughs> I know. you might have heard about. Yes. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of factors involved, but could Procore software help address the high cost of housing and public infrastructure? Absolutely. I'm going to start with a stat, then I'm going to work my way higher on kind of discussion point. But Procore's customers say that they can 48% more construction volume per employee when they run Procore. So they can do, they can actually be much more efficient at delivering construction. That's 50%. Like that's a huge amount of efficiency. The other thing to note is in the construction industry, the globally, we spend about $500 billion, a half a trillion dollars a year on waste and rework. Remember I talked about the water cooler where everybody would share the most current information? That $500 billion are things that go into a job site that summarily get ripped out and taken to a landfill because it's the wrong thing because there's somebody who's working off the wrong set of information. Procore helps solve for that as a single source of truth across all project team members. So the other thing that's interesting about the industry is there's a tremendous amount of demand for construction to get done. This kind of goes back to your last question, but it also is going to bleed in. There's more demand out there than there's supply. So in other words, there's a huge labor shortage. I'm sure you know this in construction. And so really for us, being able to let our customers do more with less labor is a huge win, which actually increases the velocity of work that can get done and lowers the overall cost. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot that we're doing and it's not like marginal. It's actually very significant. And, you know, another thing that I'm thinking about is interesting about Procore is that you founded it 20 years ago, as you mentioned, but sales of your software didn't really take off until the widespread adoption of smartphones, tablets, and Wi-Fi on job sites around 2012. Ten years later, we're seeing the emergence of another set of technologies like Internet of Things, 5G, drones, artificial intelligence, augmented reality which I think I would think could enhance the information that your software can help manage. Is there a technology that you're most excited about among those or another over the next decade? Yeah, so I'm very much into the promise of data. And so, so think about the complexity of construction. I mentioned that change order workflow that is so complicated and jumps so many different people. The platform that we have more information about how businesses perform, how they do, the, how they, you know, what's their safety records, what's their quality scores, what are their, you know, how do they perform on any given job that we have this preponderance of data. And remember, it's a very, very inefficient business. And so, so for us to be able to apply intelligence 
to the data on the platform that enables will enable people to build smarter is just it's just at the very beginning of the phase of this. But if you think about predictive analytics, for instance, if we can right now, we can tell, uh, you know, we can tell our customers how much it costs to build, you know, our, in Dallas, Texas, a data center because we have all this data, all the data. But imagine if we told them that where they should be able to build that and where they're going to have the mode, where they're going to have access to cheaper materials and that they, you know, maybe are running into risk long before they could even see it because of the predictive analytics side of things. So our, the industry is, is very excited about the, the promise of being able to take all of this data and make sense out of it, which is one. The other one is something that we announced a couple of earnings calls ago, but we're, now that we have all of these folks working on our platform, the next biggest challenges that our customers are asking us to solve are around these fintech opportunities. Throughout that subcontractors, especially contractors, are cash strapped because when they show up to remodel your bathroom, they've already gone to the supply house, bought the toilet, and now it's on their balance sheet until you pay them 120 days later. They're cash strapped. And so our fintech business is around material finance, which is something that we're offering, uh, something I'm really excited about because there's a huge opportunity for us to alleviate the cash strapness of most of the subcontractors that are out there. And then on the insurance side, again, we have all this data. We know where risk lies. We know how people perform. We know how they don't perform. We should be able to create risk profiles that are much more intelligent than any insurance company's actuarial tables that'll allow us to provide insurance to an industry that is very much underserved and everyone pays the maximum amount because insurers have no idea where risk lies. Well, we do. So we think we could actually add a lot of value there too. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm thinking about, right, your future areas of growth. Obviously, you have a huge pie ahead of you in just digitizing the, the construction industry, but you can also upsell your applications, like you mentioned, with for fintech solutions. How, just maybe we could delve a little more into that yeah. because that's one of your newer applications you're launching. You know, are you going to be offering insurance, payment yeah. hubs? How are you getting involved in that? So, so there are several areas in the fintech world that we're getting involved. One is we announced at our annual user conference groundbreak two weeks ago, which is called Procore Pay. That's coming out next year. That's going to enable. So today we, I mentioned the change orders. Change orders are a subset of contract management. So in our world, we manage from estimating to bidding to contract management, to change orders, to invoicing to lean waiver management, which is a really esoteric thing. All And now the last piece in all of that is moving the money between the owner to the GC to the sub. That's what we will be doing. So today we offer all of the all of those features all the way up to lean waiver management, but we don't offer pay the last one yard, one yard line objectives. So we are uh, going to be doing that next year, which will allow us to move all of the money that's already in the value chain from the owners to the GCs to the subs through a payment network that we're putting together for our customers right now. So that's one of the fintech businesses. The other one is the material finance business. If you think about this, every building that gets built, about 50% of the cost is labor and about 50% of the cost is material. So if you look at the $11 trillion global construction economy, there's about $5.5 trillion worth of material that gets purchased every year by small subcontractor firms that don't have the balance sheet in order to do to buy all the things that they need so they can't take on their next job. We can alleviate that through our material finance business. We're going to be partnering with a with an, a third party that will actually do the will provide the funds. We're not doing this off our balance sheet into the going into the future, but it alleviates the stress on subs. Subs can only take on as much work as they can get bonded for, and they can only get bonded for as much work as their balance sheet will allow them to have. So with a small balance sheet, they can't take on more work. 
this allows them to keep the, their cash on their balance sheet so they can actually grow their businesses. So that's a huge oppor opportunity. And then on the insurance front, I just, the way I like to put it is Procore for the last 20 years has been in the risk management business. Have you asked the first 10 years of Procore's existence, any one of our customers, you know, what they thought Procore was, they wouldn't say project management, they would say risk management because contractors run a very small, low margin business. And they're always one un undocumented change order away from going out of business. Procore helps solve for that risk by keeping everything documented. Because we've been in the risk management business, we know where risk lies in construction. That allows us to put together these risk profiles to be able to provide insurance to, to uh, our customers and also the folks that are on our platform. There's two forms of that. One is just a brokerage that's going to, that, that brokers the sale of surety bonds. And the other is a, a builder's risk program that we will be, we're partnering with third-party underwriters to provide to our customers. So it's a win-win for, for our customers so they can save on insurance. And there's a huge opportunity because insurance is measured in percentage points, not basis points of construction dollars. And if we can help save a percent or two, that goes right to our customers and our partners' bottom line. What are customers doing right now for those kinds of solutions? Are there anyone you're going to be competing against in, this, in these fintech areas? So let's start with pay. So pay at the high end of the market, there's a product out there that serves a, the very, very high end, but it's very much not a complete solution. It just does, it just moves the money essentially. So this is Greenfield and our customers are like, we really need this. And we have enterprise mid-market and SMB customers, all of want to see money move quicker. The, and by the way, the contractor who can pay faster gets the best subcontractors to work for them. So they're very interested in us solving for this, you know, increasing the payment cycle from or decreasing it from 120 days down to like a reasonable number of like 30 days is a huge benefit to the industry. That's one prime example. Today uh, on the material finance, it's really interesting. When we did the market research on this, uh, the subcontractors have basically been using their balance sheet and credit cards, believe it or not, to purchase these materials and carry these huge balances at high interest rate just so they can survive. And so this is a huge area of relief for them. And it's something that hasn't been formally offered by a large company like Procore before. And then on the insurance side, insurers do not know where risk lies in construction. So everyone pays the maximum amount. So for us, this is new territory. What's really interesting is we're partnering with the world's largest underwriters, big insurance companies that you would know, to provide these vehicles of policies because the insurance business loves the fact that we understand risk better than they do and that our data is allows for that. So passing those savings on to our customers is going to be huge. And it's, um, you know, it's, these are all the future technologies that I'm getting really excited about. Yeah, no, really interesting. And, you know, in terms of the future still, you're growing with these new applications. We just talked about fintech, but you're also growing in new markets internationally. We mentioned the U.S. is 85% of your sales, but you are expanding how do you, which markets are you expanding into? How do you decide which countries to go into next? So there's a very comp complex matrix of decision criteria that we use. And before we choose a new market, we're like I mentioned earlier, we're in 11 markets today. We are, we were a U.S. centric company up until 2017. So we didn't even have an international organization, you know, five years ago. So we are continuing to grow our international footprint. We've just launched French. We also have Singapore and the UAE, which are relatively new markets for us. The thing that's interesting about Procore is though we only sell into 11 countries, because we're a cloud-based platform, a lot of our customers are building projects in countries that are not where we have sales folks. So we're actually, we have projects in 150 countries around the globe. 
So by the time we show up into a market, there's already referenceable customers there who have actually been using our product that help us get go from less of a cold start to more of a warm start in the market because we've already established a brand and the fact that we're reliable. The other thing is our product line is it's very transferable. The way that construction is done globally is very much similar from country to country with the exception of some regulatory requirements. But because we're a configurable platform, the configuration on our platform allows us to be able to meet those regulatory requirements. So we really do have really good product market fit when we go into new markets. I wanted to touch back on the artificial intelligence. We sort of talked about a little yeah. bit before, but I think you've been on over a million, Procore's been used on over a million construction projects. Is that right? That's right. Yes. And we talked a bit about the data you can collect and how that could be used for fintech solutions. I'd just like to talk more about, you know, what you what kind of data sets are you guys collecting and how can you use that in the future? Is there something around maybe quality and safety? Like you can use the data to find out that hammers left on stairs cause 20 percent of accidents on construction sites. So here's the thing. Construction generates a ton of data because everything that is done in construction gets documented. And so because of that, we can do all of that and more, which is anything, any process in construction that is done today through an analog method can be now analyzed through, you know, digital means using artificial intelligence to optimize that. So safety is a great example. What can we do to drive safety on, on job sites? And you know, people will say that if you have a weather forecast that's coming up where it's going to rain, if you have a safety meeting the day before the rain comes, you actually have more, less accidents during a rainstorm than if you didn't. So like just simple techniques that you can just look at is when do accidents happen on a job site correlated to weather conditions allows you to just offer up in the app. Here's an opportunity for you all to have a tool talk, you know, at the, in the parking lot before the job starts today because of weather fronts coming in. Every single thing in construction can be optimized. And so it's the world is kind of our oyster and our customers are looking at this through a thousand different lenses. Ultimately, what our customers are most interested in is they're trying to be able to do more with less people because of labor shortage. They want to be more efficient and it's, they really want to stop losing money, frankly, on, on lack of solid information. And then finally, they really want to be able to look forward to not only protect themselves, but to actually run better businesses by analyzing the data which project should I take on next? Is it working with these subcontractors more risky than others? Is finding the lowest price bidder really going to drive value on this job? Or am I going to end up holding the bag because this person defaults all the time? And then, you know, over time, there's just a lot of other areas, but there's, yeah, I mean, that's, those are good examples. What's a favorite project of yours that Procore's software has helped build? I think some of our listeners might be curious about, you know, what kind of things your software is used on. Well, it's the greatest privilege in the world, Eileen, actually, the fact that I get to go visit these jobs a lot of times. You know, one that just comes to mind was I just visited, it's called the Edward Sanborn Project in Central California. It's the largest solar battery project on the planet. It's 12 miles by seven miles. So it's like, you, you know, I, I imagine you could probably see it from outer space. It's so big. And it's in, and what it's doing is allowing us to capture all of this solar energy and then store it. So then they can act, the, the grid can actually use it off hours when they need the lower cost energy to come online. So it's those kind of projects are really interesting because it's you're basically getting to see the future of sustainable energy. And ultimately, what this means is that countries can become energy independent. And if, you know, follow the geopolitics of the world, Lots and lots of wars are fought over oil and, and, and access to resources. 
if we can become energy independent, I just think it's like, it's amazing. So seeing that live is really cool. I mean, we build lots of stadiums. I got to go to the SoFi Stadium here in California recently and see the project that we were working on there. The Raiders Stadium in Vegas is also a fun one. But, you know, frankly, the ones that I love the most are the small mom and pop ones, just because I can, you can actually see the improvement that you're making in these people's lives because you're able to talk to the people on the front lines that basically run the company as well as do the work. And it's really rewarding. So obviously you have a tremendous amount of momentum since your IPO. We've talked a lot about exciting things that Procore is delivering right now, some future applications. What could go wrong going forward? What keeps you up at night? It's always about people and execution, right? Have, do we have the right people in the right role? Are they aligned around the mission? Are they engaged and are they delivering? And so, you know, frankly, that just is everything that's in our control. And so I spend a lot of my time trying to ensure that we have the right leadership team in place, that our strategy is solid and it's very focused and that people know what's most important and we prioritize and to drive engagement culturally across Procore. One of the things I'm very proud of is, you know, I don't think people are going to be you know, walking through the airport in the future with somebody comes up to me and says, hey, congratulations on a successful IPO. That doesn't mean anything to me. What's going to mean something to me is that somebody comes up to me and says, hey, I used to work with you. And the culture that we had was in, you know, at Procore made it the best job I've ever had. Those are the kind of things that I care most about. So when you get culture right, you drive engagement. And we do believe that good culture drives business value. So we spend a lot of time focusing on that to try to ensure that people know that this is the best job they're ever going to have. And that, you know, frankly, we are invested in them. You know, speaking of culture, actually, one thing I find really interesting about Procore also is that you're not headquartered in a major city. You're not in San Francisco, although you're not that far away. You're not in New York. Do you think that makes a difference? It did. It definitely did prior to COVID. Now, and I have a lot of friends that run technology companies. Everyone is so distributed these days that it's, uh, it doesn't. Now, I will say this that as more and more of the big tech companies are forcing their folks to come back to the office, that actually levels the playing field pretty nicely for us. Because look, if you're going to have to work in an office, you'd probably be happier working on the Pacific Ocean right here than, you know, in Silicon Valley and, you know, driving some some bus down to some major nameless headquarters of some business. So I actually do think it, it matters, but ultimately it's less about the place and it's more about the people. And really when you get the people right and the culture right, it you just... It becomes a magnet for talent because people want to work for companies where they're engaged and they believe in the mission uh, and where they're well-respected and can bring their true authentic self every day. That's what we pride ourselves on. Well, that does sound pretty nice. Tui, we're coming up on our time. So I want to thank you so much for doing this. It was a real pleasure in speaking with you. And I want to thank our listeners. Eileen, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. You've asked some amazing questions and I look forward to future dialogue. Okay, thank you.